Good morning, everybody. Sorry about the delay on that. I'm having all kinds of issues. My camera stopped. I just been trying to troubleshoot some some problems this morning, but I think I got it all. I think I got it all resolved. So happy Friday morning to you guys. Hopefully, you're not having as stressful a morning as I am today. Holy cow! Crazy times. So welcome to. The Break the Cycle with DSD podcast. I'm your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who has gone through an experience that has profoundly changed my life. And as I've gone through that and figured out ways to deal with it myself, I share that with you to hopefully help you get your life back. Break the cycle of emotional abuse. And if you have kids, to repair the damage, minimize the effects of parental alienation and strengthen your relationship with your kids. Remember that only a licensed professional can diagnose an individual with a personality disorder. Be careful throwing around the terms. You know, hold, keep that information close to your chest with people you trust. <clears throat> Obviously, learn about it. Understand the behavioral patterns, but don't play therapist because it inevitably will get you in trouble and hurt your credibility. If you like what's going on here and you want to help out, you can become a channel member by going to youtube.com slash dadsfarmingdivorce. Look for the join button. And when you do, you get special badges, custom emojis, your name listed in the credits, and access to member-only events. You also get access to the member-only section on the DSD Discord. If... Man, I'm just having technical issues this morning. Uh, if you want to get text notifications of the when the shows go live, hopefully that worked today. You can text DSD Live to 844-598-0012, 844-598-0012. And barring any other technical ca- 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 catastrophe, <laughs> you can dial in to today's show by dialing 1424-373-5483, 1424-DSD-LIVE. And on that... Holy cow. Talk about a weird start to the morning. I come in, I, I sit down in, in mission control, and I'm like, huh, all my cam- my camera's off. It's like, you know, I go, I punch into the source and it's black. And I'm like, what in the world? I look at the camera and it battery's dead. I'm like, that's weird because I run it off of power. <laughs> like, crap. <laughs> so I spent the morning trying to fix that. Then I unplugged one thing to plug something else in and turn something else off. Holy cow. At least I was able to make coffee this morning. That's something at least. Cammy, <laughs> uh, which I'm not going to say your whole name, says uh, the join button on the YouTube app. Yeah, actually, well, I can't pull it up because I'm using that for the, uh, the phone thing. On the mobile app, on the app, not if you're using it, like via mobile web browser, there should be a button on there for that. And then on uh, on the desktop version, you should see that as well. Man, I am like I'm like out of I'm like on the on the wrongs. <laughs> I'm just like, what in the world? This morning has been bizarre. Oh, I like this. Volser says, "Thank you all." For being on the channel and sharing your experience and advice, you know, and I have to, I have to just 
to, to, to dovetail with that and say, you guys are probably one of the best communities I've ever seen online. You know, the internet generally has just a tremendous amount of trolls, but from the four years that I've been doing this for a little over four years, four and a half years, I guess now. Yes, sure, we get a couple of trolls now and then, but the but the support that you guys show each other is phenomenal. And then that even rolls into the Discord server. And uh, I, I just it's it's a lot of good experience amongst the amongst the community. And uh, it's it's humbling to be a part of it. And I really, I really do appreciate all you guys. It's, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've seen other, other forums, especially on Facebook, and it's just the toxicity and the negativity. And I mean, and we're talking about a really traumatic experience that profoundly, like I mentioned earlier, affects your life. And to be able to still have compassion for each other, to have a community that's effectively, I think right now, 50-50 men to women, and for us to be able to not devolve into hate. I mean, sometimes we get close, but uh, you guys generally pull it back, and and I appreciate that. So just wanted to dovetail with that. Volser, thanks for, for bringing that up. Let me just scroll around here and see what else is going on in in the uh, in the comments. I see something else is not working correctly. Man, what a weird day! It's like grim. What is 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 today the third? <laughs> is it the thirteenth? Is it Friday the thirteenth? Oh, the twenty third. Oh, maybe that's what it is. Jeez, man, I, I'm <laughs> God. Need more coffee. Uh, Akania D says TGIF. Absolutely. I so, I so, uh, agree with that one. Let's see. Oh, I had scrolled up. So now I'm scrolling back through things. Let's see. Uh, okay. I'll grab that in a second. Um, Let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, where was that one? All right, I'll grab this one from Casey. Or Carrie, sorry, my eyes are kind of blurry today. It says, I am separating from my husband. Any suggestions for telling our children? I don't want to tell them it's because he is, yeah, because he is a self-absorbed person that doesn't care about our feelings. Yeah, I would not recommend you do that. <laughs> That's funny, though. Um, you know, I mean, you, obviously, just be honest. Say, you know, you guys are separate. I mean, that you need to let them know a little bit so that they understand something's happening. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to sit there and start going down you know, well, daddy's not here anymore because, you know, he likes his eight, you know, his 18 year old new girlfriend better than you guys or something like that. You don't want to do that. You Basically what you want to try to do is make them feel, 
your children feel as I'm trying to think of the word safe. Maybe that's not the right word, but safe and stable as possible in this situation, right? Because their world, I mean, your world is exploding as, as is the, as, as is theirs. The difference is as an adult, we have the life experience kind of to be able to, oh, I got to turn off my notifications to be able to process it a little bit better. Kids, on the other hand, don't. And you don't want to add extra stuff into there, right? You want them to be as, uh, as stable as possible. Now, it's going to be really tough, though, because, you know, you're not going to be, especially if the other person's gone and you're around the kids all the time, it's going to be incredibly difficult to be that rock in front of them whenever you don't get a break. But that's, that's what you need to strive for to, to minimize that. Uh, and then as your children get older, as I've often say, I would definitely recommend having a, getting them a therapist to help them deal and process with it and not with us. See, the problem is, and I, I kind of hit on this the other day, but, I'll, but this is a good opportunity to talk about this some more. Children pick up everything that's going on. And, and when things start happening like this, they get laser attuned to what's happening. I mean, I've even had conversations with my son where he knew, the, I mean, he knew the marriage was over before I knew it was over. And they recognize problems. They start looking at it. And without the context of life experience, experience a lot, oftentimes they internalize that. Anyways, this is the long way of going back around saying that uh, they need somebody who can they can speak with who is not on team mom, not on team dad, that they can complain or discuss their concerns and emotions and feelings with with both parents, about both parents, and not feel like they're being disloyal, not feel like they're hurting someone's feelings. You need, they need to be able to communicate that. And unfortunately, as a parent in the middle of it, we're majority of the time not that person. Now, the reality is, is we're going to be the first person they come to. But we just have to be careful about it. And you got to be careful what you say because, you know, if you lash out with the kids on the ex, and this goes for whether you're the mom or the dad, that has the strong potential to blow up in your face later whenever the kids get older. Maybe they start getting more information. Maybe they do talk to the other parent and they're able to come up with a cogent argument on what happened on their side and it could negatively affect your relationship with the kids. So bottom line, this stuff is not easy. You know, there's not a, you know, I mean, we get thrust in, into this, into the middle of this, and have to try to do the best job we can. Hopefully, with uh, you know channels like mine that can help you um, have, minimize your mistakes. And the episode I'm going to have on Wednesday next week with uh, Amy Baker, Doctor Amy Baker, should 
be, man, that one probably needs to be more than an hour, but I can't do more than an hour. Uh, I don't think she can either. And uh, I think there's going to be a lot of good information on that. So I hope that was helpful. Now I got to get, find my place again. Let me look through. Oh my gosh. There must be a lot of stuff going on. Moderator Debbie is sending me a ton of stuff. Um, okay. Hold on. Let me try to find this. All right, let's see. LJ says, my attorney said my ex has the right to not exercise his right to see his kids. Well, that's true. Uh, he's seen them, twins four and, wait a minute, twins four and then a girl seven, five times in two years. If I deny him when he does reach out, I will get a penalty. That is you know, that's, that is weird. Yeah, that, that, sounds, um, that sounds like the way it would go. Because then in that case, he's trying to... See, this... Okay, so here's the problem with this, and this is, this is also something I had to deal with. Let me get my cable correct. Um, when there's time allotted for the other parent, it's their time which puts us in a bind, right? Because let's say hypothetically, like in this situation, he's supposed to see them, let's just say hypothetically, one, one weekend a month. Well, what effectively that means is that you need to be around so that if he happens to show up, he can exercise that time. Which is frustrating because now you're kind of, you're at the mercy of this person and whenever they don't show up and you're sitting around, it can be frustrating. Now, for me, that, that happened on holidays, primarily the Christmas break, because for the first bit of, for the first bit of the, like the first few years, we, we off, you know, like, like as normal, we would alternate year to year. I think I have even, she has, well, let's see, what is it, 20, 20, so I think on Christmas, I'm odd years, because I don't think I have the kids, or kid, now it's one on Christmas. I have them, uh, not Easter, uh, Thanksgiving this year. Anyways, my point is, is that Christmas was notorious for her leaving the state. But she wouldn't tell me. She did not uh, say, hey, I'm going to leave the state. I am not going to exercise my Christmas Day visitation with the kids. I'll call them, but I'm not going to call you. I'm just going to just call them directly. Anything like that, right? So, for those first few years, it was a problem where I didn't know. Is she going to be here? Is she not going to be here? And actually, when she finally did stay, again, it was one of those things where she didn't say anything. And if the kids hadn't mentioned, oh, she didn't go anywhere, I probably wouldn't have known, right? But I had people who were, who were saying, you know, well, you just need to, you know, let's, you know, come up here for Christmas. You know, let's go do something. And I'm like, no, I have to be you know, I'm not going to drive seven hours for the holiday and then have to drive all the way back to be here Christmas Day, just if in the case if she shows up. So, LJ, the problem is, is that you're in this situation where you're kind of stuck on his schedule, 
or their schedule. You didn't say he or she, but I'm assuming you're talking about he. Uh, let me see. The next one says, uh, even X mother doesn't call often to ask to see them or come over. She's 10 minutes away. I'm mad, but folks keep saying maybe it's a good thing. You don't know what's going on there or maybe something else. Yeah, it. you know, it, it's frustrating when you're left with a, I'm trying to think of the appropriate word, a messed up situation. I'll say it that way so it doesn't sound too gross. A messed up situation. And when you're struggling and you're trying to do something and then you hear about your, your other ex or your other ex, I'm sorry, your ex, just living a new life, having fun. Maybe you're seeing, you know, maybe you're making the mistake of, of stalking their Instagram, their Facebook or, or even worse, well, no, nah, that's pretty bad. The, this, the next part up on that would be is if other people are telling you, oh, did you see what Billy's doing? You know, he just went, uh, you know, whatever, snowboarding. And you're like, what the hell? You know, the problem is, is it just, it, it, you, you got to turn the focus on your life and your kids and not you got to think of the X as like the black hole thinking. Let me see if I can pull this up. I have a video that I did a long time ago. Uh, Let me see if this works. Yeah, okay. Uh, And in my mindset for narcissistic abuse recovery, the first three videos are, especially if you have kids, hybrid, no contact, absolute thinking. And, And okay, and actually I'll start with that one. So like in your situation, you need to say, okay, you know what? This guy is self absorbed. He's narcissistic. And what I say in that absolute thinking video is that you basically just make the determination in your mind, not telling everyone else, that he has NPD, right? It's like, that's what, so that's, that right there helps you with the why. When you're like, how in the hell can someone ignore their kids like this? How can someone do this? Well, person, this personality disorder, those traits, those behavior patterns are uh, stereotypical of that condition. The very next thing is this black hole thinking, and that is basically getting into the mindset that you stop thinking about what's going on with the ex's house. I struggled with this a lot, because especially in the early part of it, because I was being financially destroyed. I had, you know, every, well, more than every dime was, was being spent and it was really tough to hear like, oh, oh, daddy, you know, we, we got five new movies and, and mommy's giving us an allowance now. And, you know, we went here and we went there and we went to Build-A-Bear and, you know, and I'm like, I'm thinking, what the, what the hell? You know, here I am sinking and drowning. You know, you guys, you know, it's like, you know, people talk about Disneyland dad. Well, it was like Disneyland mom. No one ever talks about that, right? So, I mean, it was just, it was incredibly painful. And I started getting really angry about it. You know, because and it, the the other thing it would manifest it with it, it would be like, okay, a movie would come out and it's like, okay, I can rent this movie or maybe it's on Netflix or whatever. It's like, hey guys, we'll have a movie night, you know, because I had no money. It's like I couldn't rent, you know. I mean, it's like I didn't have. I think I was just doing like the iTunes, you know, rental thing. I'm trying to remember, and inevitably it was like, oh, we already saw that. It was great, like, you know, just time after time after time. And it was just, it was, it was just like a, it was like, see, I need to make a, a, a button that, a, that, that makes this sound, but I'll just do it myself. 
It's like every time taking the finger and going, boop, right in your freaking eye over and over again. So LJ, just be, be careful on that. You know, I mean, in some ways people are right. You know, if your ex-in-laws are just kind of writing everything off and they don't show an interest, then at least they're not creating extra havoc in your life. Because what, you know, what we think is, oh, if this guy was involved, it'd be better for the kids. It'd be better for everyone. It would, you know, stability, the kids wouldn't feel abandoned, all that kind of stuff. The reality is, is most of the time, these type of people, they don't interact that way. They're going to be that during the entire time that they're with the kids, they're going to be systematically, probably covertly doing basically parental alienation and running you down and making things worse. And then when the kids come back, they're upset, they're angry, they're confused, and it makes everything a lot harder. So in some ways it is, you know, I guess look for the good in the situation or the positive or the things that, that could be potentially positive for you. Uh, let me see. Oh, man. Moderator Debbie is sending me all kinds of stuff. So... All right, I got that one. Let's see if I can find this one. Uh, Makania, sorry, I know I'm saying that wrong because I just know how my brain works. Says, uh, uh, Melissa talked the other day about kids are resilient and how that's BS, how alienation has lasting effects as you've experienced. Any thoughts to follow up on that? Yeah, the, the, the sad reality on this is that nobody gets out of this unscathed. We would like to be able to get things into a situation or into a, um, I don't know what the right word is, but into a, a situation that it minimizes all of, all of the shenanigans that are going on. The reality is it's not the case. You are affected your children are going to be affected. I mean, human beings are resilient, okay? So there is some truth to that, right? It's like even through this experience, right? I mean, we didn't anticipate this experience. Most people, I mean, not all, because some people that just the, the, the sheer weight of this over, you know, overpowers them. However, for the most, like 99% of everyone here, even no matter what stage you're at, you're resilient and you're going to get through this. It's going to be painful. You're not going to like it. It's going to change your life, but you'll get through it. Children will get through this as well. But the, the missing piece on this is there is an effect. There's an effect. I mean, this experience has profoundly affected me. It's made me uh, a bit less trusting of people. Uh, There's situations I won't put myself into. I'm less naive on people's story. Like if I run into someone and they're like, oh, this is my story. I always am a little bit more hesitant to get a little bit more detail before I just arbitrarily, you know, fall on the sword for somebody. I value my peace more. I mean, there's a lot of good part out of it, too. Kids that go through this, they'll get through it. 
It's our job to give them the tools and the support, the knowledge, so that it doesn't destroy, or not destroy, destroy is not the right word, but send them down a path where they have to re-experience this to learn these lessons. So, and I get what Melissa was saying on this about kids being resilient because it's a go-to thing. Oh, well, kids are resilient. You know, they cannot see their father forever um, and they're resilient. They'll, you know, they'll just figure it out. Well, well, yeah. I mean, but not all of them do. I mean, well, let me back up. I mean, there are problems as a result of this. Suicide levels go way up in kids in this situation. Alcoholism and drug abuse go way up statistically because of children in this situation. You know, teen pregnancies, uh, abusive relationships, you know, it, there's all kinds of, of residual problems that happen. So the best situation for children really is to have two loving parents in their lives. So, you know. Unfortunately, we don't get that. But if we can be the one stable parent with the children, we can absolutely help facilitate them not uh, repeating the same mistakes that we have. All right, let me try to figure out where I am on this. All right, let's see. see here. Let me see if I can find this one. Um, I, I did ask, I to mention that the other day, I did ask them about, uh, the, uh, search thing. I, I really hope they have that in there. Let's see. Let's see. Scrolling around. I'll grab this one. Cup of tea. Whoops. Says DSD. Is it necessary to always respond to the narc when they contact about your child? He uses co-parenting as the reason, but I know it's just to get my attention and to mess with me. Okay. Let's see. My immediate answer is no, it's not always responsible. However, let me, let me dive into that a little bit more. If you're in the middle of active litigation, if you are in court, then yes, you should respond to everything, but not everything in the email. For instance, cup of tea, Let's say your ex is saying, Cup, you know, a good parent would tell the other parent about appointments and you won't tell anything. I try and try and try to get information out of you and you will not share anything. I just want to co-parent and be a good parent. Do you know how much you're hurting your children by not, by not doing this? It's so terrible. All I want to know is... Do they have an appointment tomorrow? Okay. I'm trying to do that off the cuff. So hopefully, hopefully that wasn't triggering. Maybe it was in a, little a little entertaining. But here's the deal. Out of what I just said, if the, the only thing you answer is you would say, you know, let's see, your cup of tea, you know, dear craft of coffee, the appointment is... Friday at nine o'clock with Dr. Jones. Thank you. You know, cup. You don't go in and attack or, or address every issue. 
But uh, um, the caveat I've used on this is if the ex is asking a question that they can get the answer themselves or they already know and litigation's done, then I would just ignore it. I mean, like my ex would ask, ask, ask stupid things like, God, I'm trying to remember. Uh, hmm, 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 hmm. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think it was like, you know, something like where, I don't know if it was a sports thing or whatever, but, but it was, if, if they obviously knew the answer, then I would just ignore it. And I would ignore all the other stuff because it just gets to the point where it's frustrating. But, but here's the deal. If you are in, if you are in uh, active litigation, then it's a trap. Basically, what he's trying to do is prove that you won't co-parent and is using that as it. So it's simple. You know, when's the appointment? Friday at 9, Dr. Smith. You know, if you want to go the extra mile, you could give him the address. I mean, I know you don't want to because you don't want them to show up. But, you know, I mean, the reality is, is they know who Dr. Smith is. All they got to do is go, hey, does little Johnny have an appointment? You know, they can get around it. And you're right. It's, it's about just trying to get your attention and mess with you. Once you have litigation done, um, again, if it's, if it's specific information about the kids, you should share it. Uh, I would absolutely make sure that's, I mean, preferably it would be through a tool like our family wizard, our two households, uh, ones that would both, I'm saying, I should I need, maybe I need sponsorships. I should be asking them for that. Um, anyways, I digress. Uh, or at the very least email, I would not recommend you doing it via text. I would absolutely not recommend you do it through uh, face-to-face conversation or on the phone. You do not want them to have direct access. I mean, kind of like what Melissa said the other day. Uh, and I know she was talking about in the, co- I know that she was talking primarily in the context of, you know, women being the abusive person in a male, you know, in that type of situation. I mean, that's what her, that's what, you know, that's what her specialty is. I mean, her website is what protect men. I mean, okay. So that's the slant she's coming from, but proximity is power for a narcissistic person. So it doesn't have to be just a, uh, a female thing. I mean, men do the, if a, if a man is an abusive person, they'll, will do the exact same thing. But isn't it amazing? You know, for me, and I'll ask this for everyone out there. I'm just curious what you guys think. When I was going through this and I was realizing how dangerous this is, I wanted not to I wanted nothing to do with the ex. I did not want to be around her. I didn't want to be in her physical presence. I wanted to be as far away from her as possible. But holy crap, she wanted to be around me as much as she possibly could. It just screwed with my head. You know, I mean, it's like, it's weird because you'll have someone who says, who's playing the victim, but at the same time, they're not, they'll play the victim and they'll act the victim around certain people, but then with you, they, they don't. It's just crazy. Give me a yes if uh, that is uh, what uh, you experienced, or if you don't agree, just say no. And if you're a channel member, you can do the colon, yes, colon, and you'll get the cool little uh, emoji that I designed for both of those. All right, let me look and see what else Moderator Debbie has sent me. 
So Okay, let me see if I can find this one. Oh, right in front of my face. How awesome is that? Volser says, hello, all. Come on, I hit the button. Show up on the screen. There we go. Hello, all. Had my second co-parent Zoom meeting yesterday, and the ex acted like she was super mom and does nothing wrong, and it's all my fault. How do I make the counselor see it? Let's see. Be very careful how you focus more on you and the kids. What I would say is be, you know, you don't want to point it out like, look, you know, let the counselor see from your actions that it's not true. But, and Volser, that's, that, that is such a standard tactic. You know, mine would do the same thing. Uh, actually, okay, I'll go back. I, I was thinking about this. So I'll, I'll use the, the parent-teacher conference because mine would do the absolute same thing. We'd walk into a parent-teacher conference. We'd sit down with a little, little child and the teacher, and they would be saying, you know, little Susie is, is just really struggling and disruptive in class. And, and my ex, who would just had, it's weird. She has weird, she has, she's like overly aggressive posture sitting up straight, which is, hey, that's cool. I slouch. I wish I didn't. But it would, I, I, it would drive me crazy because we'd walk in there. You know, she'd be dressed nice. She'd sit down. She'd sit up straight. She would act all intentive. You know, the bobblehead would be going. And, uh, and I'm going, this is all crap. She doesn't give a rat's ass. Two seconds after we walk out of this room, all of this conversation will be, boop, will just be erased. You know, purge, beep, push the button. Now, initially, I wanted to, you know, point that out, and and that just that doesn't help anybody. It makes me look like a knucklehead. It makes her look like the super parent. You have to give them the space to destroy themselves. You have to give them, you know, the rope to hang themselves. It's another, you know, common phrase that's used. And you have to focus on you building the best relationship you have uh let's see co-parenting zoom meeting because i'm gonna say depending on what the role of that counselor is i would even say try to team with the counselor to say okay look you know what uh if there's things i should be doing better let me know how can i you know how can i best support the kids and myself you know, don't even mention the X and just demonstrate that you're interested. And that's kind of what I did with the teachers, right? I mean, I was like, all right, you know, my, my kids have an issues. How do I, how do I help the situation? What do I do to facilitate, to make it better? Uh, and just focus on your actions, your environment and what you can do. And if the counselor is paying attention, more than likely, depending on how crafty your ex is, you will be um, more than likely they'll start to see that, well, wait a minute, you know, here we have a dad who's really trying. He's got a good relationship with the kids. If they're, you know, watching you guys. Uh, the only caveat I would say on that, the reason I ask, and you, I see that you do say it was court ordered. 
just be a little careful because you don't want them to turn around and make a report and says, oh, dad, dad has, you know, is great, but he absolutely has no clue what he's doing. And he's constantly asking for, for help or, you know, suggestions. So it's one of those things you just have to gauge. That's what I'm saying. If it's like a kid's therapist, that's, you know, not tied to the court, then, you know, I would be little less, little less concerned or cautious about that, but it being court order, that could be, just be aware of that part of it. So, um, and all I would say is if the, if that co-parenting coordinator counselor does make a observation on, for you, then I would definitely ask a question. I mean, if they're already saying that say, Oh, wow. Okay. What do you mean by that? Could you explain a little bit better? Um, or do you recommend, I mean, are are there any other resources that I should be looking at to make this better for, for the kids to make it easier for them? Things like that. Uh, okay, so let me scroll down. Oh, I want to find this one. Uh. <laughs> I know this was to the earlier question. I like this. Shane says, Mommy and Daddy are taking a time out. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea, though, Shane. I mean, because it's kind of in the context of what kids understand. So, okay, so I'm trying to get back on track with where I am with comments. That's what happens when I scroll up and down. Uh, Hippity Dippity says, what do you think you should do if the X has leveled an unknown threat at you through your child. For example, telling a 15-year-old he doesn't, uh, he doesn't see, he'll explain everything when he's 18. Um, what I would say if the kid's saying that, 15-year-old saying that, saying, you know what, buddy? You're 15. You're still a child. You need to be focusing on, you know, that type of, you know, you need to be focusing on school, getting through high school, uh, that type of stuff. Absolutely. There's issues that are inappropriate to discuss. And sure, when you're 18, you know, if you want to, uh, if you want more detail, I'd be more than happy to go in with that. And your dad is, uh, has every right whenever you're 18 to talk to you about things that would be absolutely inappropriate. You know, I think everybody who goes through this for the most part, I mean, cause I even, I mean, I even have my 18, my 18 file, you know, with all the copy of all the court documents and stuff. Uh, and I kept that with the idea that, uh, you know, later if the kids ever said, you know, well, you did this and whatever happened here to be able to say, here it is in black and white. You want to know what happened? This is what happened. I, I think the reality that happens with most people is you get to the point, like, I, I mean, honestly, even right now, I had, I forgot I even had that until I read your comment. So here, here's the thing. I guess you, you don't worry about it too much. The only reason, the only way you would need to worry about it is if you've done anything that could be, could blow up in your face. Uh, I'm trying to think there was uh, that the boys, the show that's on Amazon prime uh, and, and, 
there is a there's a segment in there on season two that happens with the I, I don't know if you guys watch this show, but there's a there's a part in it where the bad guy, the bad superhero guy had impregnant, you know, basically had relations with another per, you know, whatever, basically had a baby. And they're raising this kid without him knowing who his dad is, without him knowing that he has superpowers. And they're trying to, you know, they're trying to go down. They they have a plan to go through. And then that information is used to turn the kid against his mom. My, that's a that's a really long way of saying, you know, the only caveat on that would be is if you've done things wrong, that an 18 year old person had given all the information is uh, would affect their decision or their thought, then yeah, okay, I can see the fear on that. If it's if that's not the case, don't waste your time worrying about it. You know? Now, keep in mind that if, like you said in this example, that your ex doesn't see his, uh, did you say 15-year-old son? I'll just say, okay, 15-year-old child. More than likely, they're going to say that you didn't let them see them. You did, you know, you did this and that and the other thing. You know, I see. And the thing is, is I don't, it wouldn't necessarily be good for you to turn around and say, Hey, look, you know, you're the other parent did all these laundry list of things. And that's why he doesn't see you. Let's say there's, you know, restraining, you know, whatever. It's just, it's, it's complicated. Bottom line is hippity dippity focus on having the best open communication with your kid as you possibly can. That is your best defense on parental alienation and to, to, to undo this. Um, anyways, I don't know if that necessarily covers it, but, uh, there's what else, what else can you really do? I mean, you know, I mean, you could go to court and try to say, you know, contempt, you know, they're, they're saying this and it's, you know, whatever. I mean, realist, I mean, okay, maybe you might get a judge to say, Hey, don't do that. But then all he would do is turn around and say, well, you know, little Timmy is asking questions and I know I can, I know your honor that I cannot talk about it. So I just told him that I'm sorry, I'm sorry, son. I'll say son in this example, you know, I won't be able to communicate that with you until you're 18. Right. And then it'll be like, oh, okay, well you need to, you know, you shouldn't be talking about any part of this, but okay. So anyways, let me scroll down. I kind of lingered on that one. So if there was extra comments on that, I don't know if, uh, Oh, geez. Um, if, if you responded to anything I said. Okay, now I'm trying to scroll down. This is where I get confused on, on where the conversation is at. Um, see, I, now I just see I just had gone back, so now I'm going right back through all the comments again. That's what happens when your morning starts off a little weird. <laughs> Checo says, if my ex is Disneyland mom, I will be Disneyland dad 2.0 squared. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is hilarious. That is funny. Okay. Um, all right, all right, all right. I hate I hate trying to find comments. It drives me crazy. 
Okay, let me, I mean, I'll just I'll cheat and I'll go down and look at moderator Debbie's tracking comments for me. Okay, let's see here. All right, I guess I'll go to the bottom. No, I don't. Dang it. No. I don't get it sometimes. Sometimes the comments don't make sense. They're out of context. All right. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, I like this. Against the flow says you can't control the narc, but you can control yourself. Absolutely. And that's really all we're stuck with. We, we have, you know, we can't turn the other person into a good parent. We can't have them be somebody who's helpful and who we, we would hope they would be. Makanika, uh, Makanina. Uh, uh, I am so bad with names. This is, okay, hold on a second. I'm going to cheat, and hopefully you guys will hear this. Makonia. If I said that right, and I did it again, I had my headphones in there. I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to, so you guys can see what I'm trying to figure out here. Meconia. Meconia. If I'm saying that right, says uh, uh, DSD, yeah, if you answer a message straight up, it uh, equal being Gray Rock. Viewers should look up Billy Eddie, who I think is an LCSW, uh, Biff method, brief, informative, friendly, and firm. Yeah, it's basically kind of a, a, a different way of talking about the hybrid no contact that I used in my thing. Man, I wish I would have found the information like that back when I was going through this. You know, I mean, I wish these books, I don't know if they were available. I don't think they were, but man, it sure would have been helpful. Trying to figure this crap out on your own and trial and error with an aggressive uh, X is uh, not exactly the most fun thing in the world. Okay. Oh, geez, I read that wrong. So that, that almost, okay. Um, <laughs> it's, it's tough to, to see the, uh, the conversation and pull the pieces and parts out of it. Man, there's a, is there like a lot of comments today? Holy crap. I'm like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. Jack says, Dwayne, actually, if you do at DSD, it'll, it'll highlight it differently. How often should we reach out to our alienated child? If you haven't seen him in a while and the relationship's really strained, probably maybe once a month or, or every couple of months. Because what you're doing in that situation is you're just trying to keep the door open. Um. Well, I was going to use an example. I have a uh, friend of mine, I'll try to be as vague as possible, who was dealing with severe alienation. And it happened with his adult child. So he basically, I hate you, you're a scumbag, I'm going to go live with mommy, you're mean, you know, all that kind of stuff. And completely, basically stopped talking to his dad. To the point I think he thought his phone was blocked. And then what happened is uh, he was hanging out with, a, with another, the, the, the father was hanging out with a friend of his and they were talking about it. And he's like, you know, hey, when was the last time you talked to your kid? And he goes, nah, I just, you know, completely turned. I haven't heard from him in a while. 
I've been blocked. I can't, can't talk to him. He's like, here, text him from my phone. And uh, he did. I think it was just kind of like, hey, I'm in town, you know, would love to see you. You know, just something, something simple, something small, not guilt, you know, no guilt, you know, none, none of the, uh, you know, I miss you so much. It's been so long, you know, every child needs their father, you know, or whatever. You guys got to be really careful how you do this, because if you have an estranged relationship, they are going to be laser-like focused on you being manipulative, uh, shaming them, trying to make them feel guilty. You don't want to do any of that. You just kind of want to leave the door open. And in this situation, what happened is, is uh, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, it'd be great to see you. And they, they met up. <clears throat> Actually, if I remember correctly, it's like when they both got together, the kid who I think was maybe eight, maybe 20, maybe 21, I'm not sure. But I mean, adult, you know, we're talking about someone not, not a minor, you know, no longer in their family court, court or, or visitation or anything like that. And uh, they were able to have a conversation and basically revamp their relationship. And now they're starting to do things together again. And, and you know, it's uh, things are, are heading the right direction. The key is leaving the door open so that there's a space to do it. The reason that the, the guilt and the shaming tactics are a surefire way to make sure it doesn't happen is because if they do feel guilty about it, then they're not, even, they're not going to want to deal with it. They're not going to want to entertain it. They're going to want to basically just stay away from it, and it'll make it easier for them just to say, I don't want to deal with this. But if you keep it open and, and, and just like, okay, hey, you know what? Haven't, you know, just thinking about you or, you know, um, I mean, in that situation where the person kind of is in and out of the area every once in a while, it's, a, it's an easy segue. It's like, hey, I'm in town. You know, if you have some time, I'd love to, to, to meet, up for, you know, meet up for dinner or something. To where you keep it as, as uh, low threat as possible. But I would say on that, you know, and then if it's really bad, then it would just be probably like once, you know, once a quarter type thing, you know. But just be very careful that you're not putting your emotions on your sleeve. You want to really kind of pretend like it's not a big deal because that will, that's a surefire way to make sure it doesn't happen, if that makes sense. So hopefully that was, that was helpful. Um, okay. Let's see here. <clears throat> Excuse me. I am way behind in the comments. Makania <laughs> says, uh, when scrolling, remember the timestamps that you left off at when you were trying. Yeah, I, that awesome, except that the tool I'm using doesn't put the timestamps in. And then I have a, another window in case I need to close people out. I'm pointing over, over here uh, to, to do it. It's just, it's, it's like I have one thing that actually makes it to where I can put it on the screen. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a pain. But you know what? I mean, the fact that it's, that the tools are here nonetheless are pretty cool. So the fact that we're, the fact that we're hanging out this Friday morning with people from all, probably all over the world. Cause generally, I mean, I know Jax is in Australia, you know, I mean, it's a, it's an amazing feat of technology that we have that we're able to do this stuff nowadays. All right.
let's see, I'm, I'm reading this. Mia says, uh, I was seven years old. I'm 21 now. And my dad and I just reconnected after I lost everything to my ex. He and I just had to talk about the past. And it was the fourth time I've seen him cry. You know, a lot of times men don't cry. Uh, let's see. So if you're 21, that means he's at least, well, probably 40, probably more like in his 40s. So um, it's, it is, it's people, people don't realize that men have feelings too. And that having your kids ripped from you, because that's what it feels like, is, is just torture. And most people don't understand it. Mia, I'm just glad that you, you and your dad have been able to reconnect. I'm sorry it's on an issue where you've basically kind of gone through the same thing. But I, I, I hope that you guys can now have, you know, a better relationship going, going forward. And, uh, yeah. You know, I, sometimes I hate to say, I mean, because a lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, just wait, the kids will come back. You know, and then, you, you know, I mean, you, you can't deny the fact that you miss out on so much. You know, I mean, if, if in that situation, if, if it's basically been from 7 to 21, I mean, you met, well, you know, and I'm not even, I'm not going to end the show on that note because that'll just be depressing. But, uh, you know, oh, okay, you actually said. Let's see, you said he apologized and told me that he couldn't when I was younger. It made me very uh, regretful of the anger I had toward him. See, and that's, that's what's so frustrating. I mean, it's one thing, right? I mean, if he chose, if he, if he, in that situation, if he was like, hey, you know what? I can't deal with kids. I'm too young, I, whatever. And then he comes back later and he's like, look, I was a shit. I was a, you know, I wasn't a cool person, whatever. But I mean, it's when it's the opposite, whenever they want to be involved. And I'll tell you, I mean, if I didn't get the 50-50, I would have been your dad. I would have been somebody who wasn't involved in their kid's life. And I would have had to just made my peace with it. Otherwise, it would have destroyed me. And uh, it would have been not uh, not fun. So, wow, we are almost out of time. Let's see. I'm just trying to see. Uh, well, let me see if I can find this one. Uh, I'll, I'll go to the bottom, and then hopefully Moderator Debbie grabbed it from the bottom. And it appears as it's not. Gosh darn it. This is so annoying. Oh, no, here it is. It says, what if you're afraid the narc will turn the kids against you before they are 18? Case scenario, my eldest turned against me at 17, and I haven't heard from him since. Now 22, I have two other kids left. The, the thing is, is that you have to make sure that you have the best relationship you can with the kid. And, and it needs to be made, you need to make sure it's not based on, uh, or at least a perceived, perceived, perceived perception from them based on uh, uh, manipulation or... Uh, you know, feeling sorry for the, you know, have them feeling sorry for you or whatever. You, you want to make sure it's based on honesty because that'll make it so much harder for the kids to believe it. The problem is, is that if your ex can make a cogent argument on why you're the bad person and why you basically remove them out of the kids' lives, you're screwed. 
no matter who you are, whether you're mom or the dad, if, if, if the other person can do that, you have a problem. And then you need to work on that. That's why if they've been abandoned and stuff like that, you, you need to get them the help so that they understand how to deal with that. Because if they roll into 18 and the other person can say, oh my God, son, I've been wanting to see you since you were, you know, since you were five and I've been fighting all this time. And, and look, here's all the information where I was fighting to see you and your mom was able to shut it down. You're hosed. Anyways, I'm sorry. That was not how I wanted to end this. But holy cow, what a day. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out on this Friday morning with all the technical issues. I do want to say thank you to all the channel members who have so graciously clicked the join button and uh, are supporting keeping this going and keeping the lights on, so to speak. Um, have a great weekend, you guys, and I will be back on Monday. <laughs>